look, you'll be looking for Elul, E-L-U-L, Elul. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, month of preparation before the new year begins with the uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and, of course, Feast Tabernacle Sukkot. So lots going on. We're talking about the uh, rather unusual little piece of, uh, we're, well, first, Elul, the end of Elul, because of the new year begins, that's when creation happens. So day six is Rosh Hashanah. So here in Elul, we'll have the first five days. And uh, one of those days is day number one, number 25. In fact, Elul 25. And these are the words that God spoke. Bereshit bar Elohim Hashemim Haretz, which is translated or transliterated. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the middle there, that sound is the Aleph and the Taf, the first letter and the last letter. We really covered the Aleph in the last uh, break, but let's talk about the Taf. Uh, Taf is the N, it's their Z, if you will. In uh, Paleo-Hebrew, it was a mark that amounts to basically the crossing of two sticks to form a T or a cross, if you will. Literally, an X marks the spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Taf is considered the mark of salvation or protection by God. So it when his earliest mark, it looks just like kind of a plus or a cross, then turned kind of an X, and and now it looks like these two sticks. It almost looks like an N in, in English, basically. But if you go back to Ezekiel chapter 9, and the Lord said to him, he's talking to an angel, go through the midst of the city, Jerusalem, through and uh, put a mark, a tav, on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over the abominations that are done within. So those who were crying out to God for Jerusalem would ha- get this tav put on them. Everyone else without a mark, all right? All those who were found in Jerusalem without this mark of salvation or protection were slain. This is the same word as the mark that God put on Cain to protect him after he killed Abel. So the tav can represent two different things. Tikiyeh, which means life, but it also can represent the word tamus, which means death. So the Aleph and Taf is one of the most important concepts in the Hebrew Scriptures, always near the name of God. It means the strength of the covenant. In Zechariah 12.10, and they shall look upon me, and then there's the Aleph Taf, whom they have pierced. So it's a designated point. It shows all the time the Messiah over and over and over again. In that mark, and in that day, and in that prophecy, we're going to run through that prophecy because here's what it says in Ezekiel 8. On the fifth day of the sixth month, which is Eluv, of the sixth year. So how cool is it to be able to read in your Bible and go, hey, wait, that's today. So it's the fifth day of Elul. And they're talking about the sixth year. So Ezekiel is in captivity in Babylon. Mm. They were there for 70 years. We talked about that because of the Shemitah, right? And they were because they wouldn't give the land rest. So this is six years out of a 70-year stay. And on the fifth day, on the sixth month, sixth year, uh, Jehovah spoke this word to Ezekiel on that day in history in 428 B.C., 2,449 years ago today, as he was sitting among the captives in Babylon. And here's the rest of the word. As I was sitting in my house and the leaders of Yehuda, Judah, were sitting there with me, the hand of the Lord Jehovah fell on me. I looked and saw what seemed like a man made of fire from what appeared to be the waist downward was... A fire, and from his waist upward was what appeared to be a gleaming amber-colored brilliance. 
the form of a hand was put out, which took me by a lock of my hair, and the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in these visions from God to Jerusalem, to the entrance of the inner court, the gate that faces north. There stood the idol that arouses God's jealousy and provokes his zealous indignation. So, idolatry had been growing more general and more bold from the time of Solomon. After King David, he built uh, palaces of worship for all of his wives in the hills, uh, that is, before Jerusalem. King Ahaz and Manasseh both put not only idols, but altars in the temple itself, removing the brazen altar to make room for it. And as the subsequent kings of Judah, except for Josiah, were just wicked men. They made use of the temple for lots of idolatrous worship. And Ezekiel, in his vision, is now seeing those idols standing in the court. God takes him to the various gates and courtyards where there are idols, and God asks him, Do you see what they're doing, the horribly disgusting practices that the house of Israel is committing here, so that I must distance myself from my own sanctuary? Now, we're his sanctuary right now. The last thing you ever want is for God to be saying, look at yourself, that I I have to distance myself from my sanctuary. So then Jehovah took him to the courtyard where the priests were all worshiping carved images and burning incense to them in the dark. Because, they say, Jehovah can't see us, Jehovah has left the land. And then God took them between the porch and the altar, and they were worshiping the sun. And so this is God again. He asked me, have you seen this? Does the house of Yehuda consider it a casual matter that they commit the disgusting practice they're committing here? Therefore, I will act in fury. My eye will not spare. I will not have pity. Even if they cry loudly right in my ears, I will not listen to them. That's always been one of the scarier verses to me. Last thing you want God speaking over you is, I will not listen to you. Mm-hmm. In Ezekiel 9, Jehovah sends angels out. Go in midst of the city, in the midst of Jerusalem, put a mark, a tav, on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over the abominations that are done with it. The other angels, he said, go through the city after him and strike. Don't let your eyes spare. Have no pity. Kill old men, young men, girls, little children, women. Slaughter them all. It is, you know, this is all a vision that happened today in history. In Ezekiel 10, God removes the fire from his altar and then removes his glory from the temple. This is the wheel within a wheel vision, if you're wondering. Now, the glory of Jehovah left the threshold of the house, halted above the uh, cherubim in the King James. It's there, the keruv, or the guardians in Hebrew. The keruv lifted up their wings and rose off the earth. So watching as they went off with the wheels next to them, they paused at the entrance of the east gates of Jehovah. Jehovah's house with the glory of God of Israel above them from above. In Ezekiel 11, God prophesied destruction through Ezekiel at the door of the gate, saw 25 men. In the midst of them, you have uh, these two characters, Yazaniah, the son of Azer, and Palatiahu, the son of Benayahu, princes of the people. And you wouldn't sometimes think, if you're just reading along in your Bible, but looking up names is kind of important. In this case, uh, Jezaniah means Jehovah hears, son of Azor, the helper. So Jehovah hears, and he's going to bring you help. Uh, this Palaetiah, God rescues the son of Benaiah, Jehovah builds. So he says their names to show the false hope with which the people deceive themselves. Now, while Ezekiel was prophesying, uh, this uh, Palaetiah, uh, whose name means God rescues, falls over dead. 
So God is saying, I will not be rescuing you from this destruction. The princes were obviously misleading them. So when he dies, it causes Ezekiel to cry out. And then God ends the prophecy with this powerful promise. And all of this, once again, happened on this day in history. Therefore, say to the Lord, Jehovah, say this. True, I remove them far away from the nations and scatter them among the countries. Nevertheless, I have been a little sanctuary to them in the countries to which they have gone. And by that, he means the little sanctuary means uh, they don't have a temple anymore. It's been destroyed. But they, he's going to raise up synagogues for them, which he did. Therefore, says the Lord, Jehovah says this, I will gather you from the peoples and collect you from the countries where you've been scattered, and I will give the land of Israel to you. Then they will go there and remove all its loathsome things and disgusting practices, and I will give them unity of heart. I will put a new spirit among you. I will remove from their bodies the hearts of stone and give them hearts of flesh, meaning easily submissive. So they'll live by my regulations, obey my rulings, and act by them. Uh, then they will be my people, and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts go after the heart of their loathsome things and disgusting practices, I will bring the consequences of their ways on their own heads, says the Lord Jehovah. So today, 2,449 years ago, Ezekiel had the vision as a captive of Babylon, and Gary, uh, God carried it out. Uh, that particular vision of destruction less than five years later. Mm. So, kind of wrap up with this... Um, notion of the Aleph and the Tav, just to remind you, as this month of Elul proceeds, uh, what God, I believe, is calling each of us to do, and he does this all the time, but this is just that time of the year as you're preparing. Uh, it's just for introspection. Take the time. Uh, next week, I'm coming back, and I'm going to walk you through the Lord's Prayer, mm. because I I just think for Elul, it's the time of prayer and pressing in, and I want to take you through it in in uh, from not the the Greek Bible that most of us read from, but from the uh, Hebrew translation, which came before the Greek. So uh, Matthew is one of the books that was originally written in Hebrew, and so it, it really has shed a lot of light on some things in the area of prayer, and since we're going to walk through Elul and praying and pressing into God, I'm going to walk you through that next week.